This podcast is brought to you by Podcast Nation. Hey guys, welcome to The Collective. Good morning, happy Wednesday. Welcome back to another episode. Today we have a super exciting episode and a super exciting guest. She is my first guest in, I want to say, over a year besides Dean. So we're super excited. We're going to skip the life update. We're going to go straight into the episode. But of course, before we do that, if you love today's podcast, please be sure to share it on your stories, send it to a friend, send it to your summer hookup, send it to an ex, do, do all the things, rate it, review it. You know all of it. But let's get into today's episode. So on today's episode, I have no other than Alana Dunn coming onto the pod from Seeing Other People. Welcome to the podcast. I'm so excited to have you. Thank you. I am so excited to be here. Thank you for having me. Of course. Um, Before we kind of get into all the things about dating and hookups and summer relationships, do you want to just let everyone know a little bit about who you are, about your own podcast, what you do, and all of that? Yes. So I host Seeing Other People, as you mentioned, which is Mm -hmm. really a dating and relationships podcast to help people feel less alone in their dating lives while also giving, you know, actionable advice and tips to help you get to where you want to be. I really, really, really struggled in my singlehood in my 20s post-grad and trying to navigate modern dating and dating apps and all of that. And I realized that as alone as I felt in my struggles, I actually wasn't alone at all. We were all (laughs) feeling the same things and dealing with the same disappointments and heartbreaks. And we all felt so isolated because nobody was talking about it. And I realized that the best way to help people was really to open up about my dating experiences, specifically my challenges. And so I started doing that on social media and I started the Mm -hmm. podcast. And I also worked at Hinge running their social media and creating content for them for a little over two years. And it's all led me to where I am now. And I learned a lot along the way. So I'm also engaged Mm -hmm. now, which is really exciting. Oh my God. I am so excited to talk to you about all of this. Um, We have a series happening on the podcast right now called Confident Girl Summer to kind of just make us the most confident versions of ourselves, especially in the summertime. I feel like it's kind of a time where we're more, more social, we're going out more, we're meeting new people and our confidence can really kind of take a hit. So starting off kind of at the beginning, do you have any advice when it sort of comes to first dates, any tips or tricks that you've kind of learned along the way to have a successful first date, to really feel confident going into a first date? Because first dates are very scary. There's something that a lot of people kind of struggle with. But yeah. do you have any advice when it comes to that? I think the biggest thing you can do in terms of approaching first dates, I think everybody like does this wrong. And I definitely mm-hmm. did it wrong too a first date is not an end-all be-all. You know, we go into Mm -hmm. a first date thinking, oh my God, like I have to marry this person. Like it has to go well. They're the one. If it doesn't work, then I'm back at square one. I have to find someone new all over again. Or, you know, we've already spent weeks talking to this person and building up this idea in our heads of who they are. So we're like, it needs to work. Like they need to like Mm -hmm. me. Like, no, we have to throw all of that out the window. We need to rebrand the purpose of a first date. And the purpose of a first date is to have fun and decide if you want to see the person again. That is mm-hmm. it. It's not about making the 
world's best first impression. It's not about making them think you're so cool and hot and all of these things. It's literally about like, do I enjoy spending time with this person and do I want to spend more time with them? That is it. So it should be about having fun. It should be about maybe learning something new. It doesn't have to be this huge, scary thing that we're like trying to tackle, trying to win. So if you kind of take that pressure off, it actually can be fun where you're just like going to meet somebody and have a drink or have a meal and getting to know somebody new. And how cool is that that you get to do that? Totally agree. I also, what I've learned kind of in my 20s and just dating people was first dates, most of the time they could be really awkward and they just could be an uncomfortable thing. And so I always try and take it with a grain of salt. Like my boyfriend, who I already know that he's my person, I'm going to be with him forever. After our first date, I decided I didn't even like him. After our first date, I was like, maybe he's weird. I don't really love this. It was kind of an awkward date. I don't really think this is going to go anywhere. But then I gave it a second chance. And that's kind of when people let their guard down. That's kind of when people start to actually be themselves and you get to see them. Mm Mm-hmm. Do you have any first date ideas for the summer? Like any first date kind of summer things that you think would just make a really good first date? Girlies, when you're first starting a business, you have enough to worry about. The stress is overwhelming and there's absolutely no reason you should be adding any more. Luckily for us, Shopify is here to help. Shopify has all the tools to power and build your business to the next level. It grows with your business, no matter how far or big you grow. Thanks to an endless list of integration and third-party apps, anything you can think of from on-demand printing to accounting to chatbots, everything you need to revolutionize your business, they have. Shopify powers 10% of all e-commerce in the U.S., and they are the global force behind Allbirds, Linen, and millions of other entrepreneurs of every size across 175 countries. As a WTTC listener, you can sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash WTTC all lowercase. Again, go to shopify.com slash WTTC now to grow your business no matter what stage you're in. Again, shopify.com slash WTTC. Okay, girlies, we are talking about our favorites once again. If you've ever had an embarrassing BO moment, Lumi is here to help. Lumi is powered by mandelic acid to control odor in a new way. Lumi delivers outrageous 72-hour odor control from everywhere, including your pits, your feet, and yes, even your privates. And fun fact, but it was actually a patient's concern about their private odor that originally inspired the OBGYN who invented Lumi. I currently have the toasted coconut deodorant, and let me tell you, it is my absolute favorite, and it smells so good. Lumi starter pack is perfect for new customers, and it comes with a solid stick deodorant, cream tube deodorant, two free products of your choice, and free shipping. 
As a special offer for listeners, new customers get 15% off all Lumi products with our exclusive code. And if you combine the 15% off with the already discounted starter pack, that equals over 40% off their starter pack. Use code WTTC for 15% off your first purchase at lumideodorant.com. That's WTTC at L-U-M-E-D-E-O-D-O-R-A-N-T dot com. Love that. Love that you asked that. Also love that you went on the second date, even though you weren't like, (laughs) I'm super into this guy, but like, why not? Sure, whatever. Like, I don't care. I don't feel pressure. Just go for it. Because I I totally agree. Mm -hmm. That's like, I think when it clicks and when people feel more comfortable because you weren't worried about impressing him Mm -hmm. at all. So you just got to be yourself. And mm-hmm. then he felt more comfortable. So he got to come out of his shell. Anywho, to answer your question. <laughs> yeah. I actually think kind of like going back to the COVID era, like outdoor mm-hmm. dates, like grabbing a to-go drink and going for a walk, meeting at a park for a picnic, like bringing some beers or some ciders or whatever and a few snacks. I think stuff like that is really fun. It also gets you out of the house. It gets you out of like the mundane routine of just going to the same bar or restaurant for your first few dates. I think getting outdoors, like people are happier outdoors. There's a Mm -hmm. lot more to see and like other things you can point out. You can people watch things like that. I also would say like there are a lot of outdoor concerts you can go to that are even free. If you're in New York city, there's like concerts in central park. They have their summer series. There's also like kayaking for free, Mm -hmm. um, down by like, I don't want to say Chelsea Pierce area, but like down by there and like Tribeca and stuff. Um, there's so much and so many fun activities that you can do. So like why just default to the same, let's grab a drink. Like, no, go do something fun. Get out of your comfort zone a little. That'll also like take off the pressure because you'll be focused on this activity instead yeah. of like, what am I saying? What am I doing with my mm-hmm. hands? And you just like, get to be more silly. So get outside, do something fun, maybe switch it up, do something you wouldn't normally do. I did um, a date actually in the summer a few years ago where we met up at the ferry on 34th Street, took the mm-hmm. ferry to Williamsburg. So while we were on the ferry, like, we got to go for this boat ride. There was like, you could buy drinks on the ferry if you didn't know that. You could buy wine. Mm-hmm. So like we just like had wine on a boat while like going to dinner, which was really fun yeah. and different and something I never would have usually done, but I loved it. Yeah, no, I love that. Especially how you said, if you go out and you're kind of out in public and there's things to point out, there's things to talk about, that also takes so much pressure off because I find that when I go for just a dinner or for drinks, I'm constantly sitting there thinking to, in my like thinking in my head, what am I supposed to say next? What question am I supposed to ask them next? How am I supposed to keep the conversation going? So going out in public, having other things to kind of talk about and take that pressure off, So helpful. So helpful. For sure. So when it comes to dating, do you have any tips or tricks that you like to do or that you, I guess, have done to kind of just boost your confidence around the whole concept of dating? I know that dating can be very difficult, especially if you're kind of on a cycle of bad dates. It can really hinder your confidence. It can make you feel like shit. It can make you feel like you're the problem. Do you have any advice on kind of boosting your confidence and getting over that? Absolutely. I mean, like you said, like (laughs) we get caught in the cycle of like 
what's wrong with me? Why can't I find love, but everyone else can? Especially, you know, we open our phones and and look at social media and it seems like everyone else is in a relationship. So we're harder on ourselves because of that. Like, trust me, I was the queen of feeling like I wasn't good enough because I was single. First of all, your relationship status is the least interesting thing about you. Nobody Mm -hmm. else cares, even 1%, the amount that you care. So no one's judging you for being single. Nobody is like, yeah, like, why is Alana still single out here? Like, what's wrong with her? Like, no. So mm-hmm. be kinder to yourself because you're the one putting the pressure on yourself. Nobody else is. And maybe family, like, a few times a year is like, yeah, like, when are you going to bring someone home for the holidays or whatever? <laughs> like, whatever. They'll they'll get over it. They're, they don't actually care that much. They just want you to be happy. So you have to figure out what makes you happy because I think it's so important to realize that you are a whole awesome person without somebody else. And so finding hobbies, finding passions, finding people that fill you with joy so that you have your cup filled on your own and you don't need somebody else to do it. Because if you're looking for somebody to complete you, you're not going to find that person because you need to complete yourself first. And Mm -hmm. I realized, like, I always had this issue with this phrase, you need to love yourself before you could be loved by someone else. I know we've all heard that. We all have different opinions on it. For the longest time, I would push back on that. And I'm like, but what if I need somebody else to like love me for me to see that I can love myself? Like, that's not fair that I need to love myself first. Like loving yourself is really fucking hard to do. Mm -hmm. And it took me actually learning to love myself for me to realize the meaning of that phrase and why people say it and that there is some truth to it. And I don't think it's necessarily that you have to love yourself because I know so many people who are trying so hard and and it's just a very, very, very difficult thing to do. But I think it's that you have to accept yourself mm-hmm. before you can be loved by somebody else. And the reason that I think that is because if you don't accept yourself, if you don't know who you are and how great you are and what you bring to the table, you will accept the bare minimum from somebody. You will accept way less than you deserve And those relationships aren't going to work. They're not going to be built to last. They're not going to be healthy. You're not going to feel your best in them. And so really figuring out like, okay, what is it about me that makes me me? And what are the things that bring me joy and make me happy? That's Mm going to help you figure out what you have to offer to someone. And that's going to help you realize like you're great and somebody would be lucky to be with you. I totally agree. When I was feeling very shitty about myself and just very down about myself. I got into a relationship and like you said, I didn't set the boundaries that I should have and I basically was accepting whatever they had to offer, which wasn't very much. And Mm -hmm. I would constantly make excuses for them. I would constantly try and get my feelings validated by them, just my self-worth validated by them. And so I get what you're saying, how – You don't wholeheartedly have to love every aspect of yourself. I don't feel like any of us fully do. It's something that we're constantly working on. But I definitely think, like you said, it's something that we have to know ourselves, know what we bring to the table, know our boundaries, and stand firm on those. Because once you start acting in that way, you're going to attract someone who's going to embody everything that you're wanting. You're going to bring that person in and... Now being on the other side of it and looking back, I realize that that's true, but I know being in it, it's a lot. They probably think like we're just talking out of our asses right now and it's not actually going to happen, but I promise it will. I promise it'll happen. 
It really will. It just takes time. And I mean, listen, there's a very specific memory I have of my mom calling me being like, I heard this phrase in an episode of Sex in the City that was like playing in the background yeah. and it reminded me of you and your friends. And the phrase or the line was about like, in New York City, you there are three things everybody wants and nobody has them at the same time. It's a great apartment and a great job and a great boyfriend. Mm-hmm. And my friends and I ended up like, like listening to my mom and like quoting that back and forth to each other when it's like, we had the dream job that we wanted at the time. We had like the best, coolest apartment that we loved, but mm-hmm. we did not give a shit because we were single and all we wanted, all we could think about, all we could focus on was that we didn't have a boyfriend. And it's like, right. hold on, back the fuck up. There are so many awesome things that other people would like die to have that we a year ago, two years ago, five years ago would have killed to have mm-hmm. that we're not even appreciating just because we don't have this one other thing. But like there are so much else that we have to celebrate and to be excited about and that we should be enjoying instead of just saying like, oh, but I'm single. So like my life sucks. Poor Mm -hmm. me. Exactly. And I think also just working on building that confidence to be able to do things alone is so freeing. And Mm -hmm. just knowing that you don't need to have a partner to be able to go on a picnic. You don't need to have a partner to be able to go to a movie. You can do all this stuff by yourself. You're a strong, independent person and just working on kind of gaining that confidence within yourself to be able to do those. And once you actually realize how much you can do alone, it just makes having a partner kind of an added bonus, but not something that you're fully needing, if that makes any sense. Yeah. And that I mean, that makes complete sense to me. And, and that's exactly how it should be. It should be this mm-hmm. added bonus. Like your partner should be the cherry on top, someone who makes your life greater and richer and more special, but you're okay without them too, because you're this whole person, you're independent, you have all these aspects to your life. Otherwise we run into the problem, which I, trust me, I ran into this at first. <laughs> you mm-hmm. make your, you get into a relationship, you make your entire life, your entire identity is about this relationship and this other person and you stop hanging out with your friends. You stop doing the other things because you're so engulfed by this other person and you just want to spend all your time with them and you want like this relationship is all that matters to you. You end up realistically, that's not a a recipe for a healthy relationship. Mm -hmm. Realistically, that relationship is not going to work out because you're not being the person that you were that this person fell for or liked or wanted to date. And so ultimately when it doesn't work out, you're kind of left with nothing because you gave everything else up. And what could have just been a breakup that like, yeah, it sucks and you're sad, but you move on. You actually end up feeling like you're at rock bottom because you gave up your whole life for this person. And that's a situation that like you do not want to get into. Trust me. Mm -hmm. It is the worst feeling in the world. Yeah, I totally agree. When it comes to dating, I feel like a lot of us get dating anxiety and kind of that anxiety to go out and anxiety to meet people and see people and go on that first date. Do you have any pre-dating routines that you used to do when you would go out on a first date? I know a lot of people like to take a shot or they like to FaceTime a friend when they're getting ready and kind of hype themselves up. Is there anything that you used to do before you would go on those dates? 
Yes. I think it's definitely important <laughs> to have some pre-date routine, even if you have five minutes and it's just listening to one song, like your hype up song. It doesn't have to be like your favorite song, but like not a sad song, something that puts you in a good mood. Maybe, yeah, maybe it's taking a shot. Maybe it's like calling one friend. Mm-hmm. Um, I just think it's important to have one thing that like separates like, okay, the workday is over, like leaving all that behind. You don't want to like walk in with your work stress or like whatever. I've been anxious all day about the state, but you know what? Like it's happening. It's here. I'm going Mm -hmm. for it. Like have that one thing. I definitely would always call a friend on my way to a date. And I would just like stream of consciousness spiral of like, what if he hates me? What if I like take a sip of my drink and spit it out for some reason? Like, what if like I say this stupid thing and my friend would just like sit there and laugh and be like, Anna, you're going to be fine. You're going to call me after saying how great it was because that's what Mm -hmm. always happens. Like I'm not even going to entertain this, but sure. Keep spiraling. Go for it. Um, (laughs) Whatever you have to do. I think for a lot of people, the anxiety really kicks in actually after the date if the date Mm -hmm. went well because that is when it's like, okay, I have feelings for this person. Now I'm afraid. What if they don't like me back? What if they don't want to see me again? What if I get hurt again? What if like I thought the date went well, but they actually didn't? What if they don't text me? All of these things. And what I ended up starting to do because I knew like every minute that went on, from the date ending, Mm -hmm. I was going to like overthink more and more and more. So I started actually writing a note in my phone the second the date would end. Maybe it's I get into the Uber, the cab to go home, or like we walk, he walks me back to my apartment and then we say bye downstairs. The second I was alone, I would take out my phone, open the notes app and write down a note of like how the date actually went Mm -hmm. before I had time to start overthinking it. Because then the second I would start to spiral or overthink or like, come to these like what ifs and these conclusions, I could actually reference that note and say, oh, okay, Alana voice in my head, like go away because I, I yes, you're saying these things or thinking these things, but here's the truth. Here are the facts. The facts are that we talked about XYZ things. We laughed about XYZ. We had mm-hmm. ABC in common. I felt really good after the date. Like I would be really surprised if I didn't hear from him again. But I also wrote, I will not die if I don't see this person again. <laughs> so yeah. stop acting like it. <laughs> mm-hmm. So going off of that, I think that's perfect to do because it could go either way. You could either end your date and you could start to spiral and you could think, oh my God, maybe that was the worst day ever. Maybe they hated me. Or what I would normally do is even if it wasn't the best date I've ever had, I would start to really romanticize it and start to think, oh, oh this is how our lives could be. This is yeah. how we could be. Maybe we could go to a game together. Maybe we could do this. And I would start to just hype this person up in my head when I maybe only met them for an hour. So I don't actually know who they are. Do you have any tips for basically just not romanticizing someone who one, you might not know, or two, might not be right for you and you're aware of that, but you still just hype them up? Totally. So I think that note thing applies to that as well, Mm -hmm. because I would find myself, there would be times where I would catch myself where like, I wrote like, eh, the date was fine. Like, I'm not dying to see this person again. Like if I don't see them again, like that's fine. I don't even mm-hmm. think like we hit it off that well, where two days later I would be like, Oh my God, like crying to my friend <laughs> in a pit of anxiety. Like mm-hmm. why hasn't he texted me? Like, but he, te- okay. He texted me, but like there's a few hours between responses or like we're texting, but he hasn't made plans. So like maybe he's going to like slow fade me. I don't know. Mm-hmm. And I look back and be like, wait, Alana, you don't even like this person. And yeah. Whether you write a note in your phone or you have your best friend or or your therapist or somebody you go to and 
give this input to after the date, that person or that note can hold you accountable. And like I do this with some of my friends and my listeners all the time where they're starting to spiral. They're like, no, like this person is it. Like I like Mm -hmm. them so much. I feel like that we do have a future and now they're not making this next date or like it's been two weeks. Like what if it's over? And I'm like, Allie, you literally told me a week ago that you don't care if you see this person again. Like Mm -hmm. don't let this person have this power over you. Do not let whether or not you get a text from them in the morning ruin your entire day because you actually don't like them that much. So mm-hmm. like stop. And I did that all the time where I would ju- like you said, like romanticize and fantasize about my future with this person who I actually didn't like. Yeah. That was one of my biggest things too, especially when I was just dating a whole bunch of random people and I would imagine them as someone who they aren't actually that person. I would just kind of make them up in my head. I would make it up that I would be able to change them as a human being or that they would for example, be like a dick to everyone else except for me and that sort of thing. And I would just really create this person in my head who they actually don't even exist. And so just being so self-aware and really looking at the facts of who this person is and looking at what they bring to the table or what they have to offer and just really reminding myself to look at those facts and not just create a human being out of nothing. Exactly. It's so important to do. And and it's important to just like continue to ground yourself in the entire process. Like, listen, there are going to be people who don't like you. There's mm-hmm. nothing wrong with that. That doesn't mean there's something wrong with you. Because mm-hmm. think about it. Think about how many dates you go on where you don't like the person and you don't want to see them again. Exactly. But you're not sitting there saying to your friends like, yeah, this person sucks. They're not good enough for me. Like, they're not deserving of love. There's something wrong with mm-hmm. them. Like, ew, nobody's ever going to want to be with them. Like, We've never thought that about people we go on dates with, like probably ever. But the second one person like doesn't want to see us again, that's mm-hmm. what we assume they think of us. And that's what we like take on and, and kind of put on ourselves. And that's not true. That's just not true. And we are spending so much time and energy being so mean to ourselves when instead we should have compassion for ourselves and say like, okay, listen, like proud of you for putting yourself out there and trying like go me. You did mm-hmm. that. It was hard. It was scary, but you did it. And guess what? your person's still out there. And how cool is that, that you get to go find them and experience your first everything with them still? So the summer is definitely a time that everyone likes to travel. Everyone likes to meet up with people, mingle, whatever you want to call it. Do you have any advice or any kind of mindset tips or anything to just not get attached to a summer fling? If it's someone that you know for a fact is just going to be a little summer fling, a little summer hookup, do you have any advice on not getting attached to that? I honestly don't. (laughs) I don't don't know. I mean, maybe I do. I'm like, I I always battle the like Alana's single experiences Mm -hmm. version of me and like the dating expert version of me. (laughs) And listen, that's really, really tough. I honestly Mm -hmm. think some people are not cut out for that because Mm -hmm. there are some people who can have flings and not get attached and take it for what it is. And if you're that type of person, by all means, go for it. Have the summer fling, have fun, give no shit, Mm -hmm. talk all summer, do it. But if you know yourself and you are the type of person where you've never been casual, casual is not in your vocabulary, mm-hmm. you will catch feelings, you will get hurt, don't put yourself in the position to get your heart broken. Because at that point, like, there's nobody else to blame but yourself. 
And I, I call it like you're breaking your own heart by mm-hmm. putting yourself into situations that you know you're not cut out for, that you know you can't approach in a light way. So I would say, really, my advice would be if you are that type of person where you get attached, you really so badly want to find somebody, but you know that it's just casual or they tell you they're not looking for something serious or you know they're going to leave after the summer, you're going to leave after the summer, like, it's just not worth the pain. And I would say approach the summer as like the time to have so much fun with your friends and just be silly and be goofy. And like, you can make a bucket list with your friends. You can go to all these places with your friends and with yourself and enjoy, but don't put all the pressure on like having it be with a fling or with a person Mm -hmm. that you have feelings for. Yeah. Looking back on it, I definitely am the reason that my heart got broken a lot of times. I am a very big attachment person, I guess. Like I'm a very big relationship person. And I had my first one night stand ever in university. And literally I went home and I cried to my friend and I was like, this man doesn't want to date me. And I'm so confused. And did I actually even like him? No. But then from there on, I just spiraled. I forced myself to get more attached to him when I really didn't even know him. But I definitely put myself in that position because I know that that's just not who I am. It's just not in my nature. I wish it was. I wish I was one of the people who could just have fun with all these different people and not get attached. But I just know I'm just I'm such an attachment person. I just get attached to people so easily. Yeah. I'm right there with you. And do you think it was that because you were romanticizing like the person or because you wanted a partner? I think I was romanticizing the person. I think just in my head also, because it was my first one night stand, I was like, this has to lead to something because right, I just like can't want to. Right. And I was like, there's no way that this is just a one night stand. There's no way this person only wanted this from me and that kind of thing. So I just always would romanticize the shit out of them. And now I look back on like Insta and I see them and I'm like, was I even like physically attracted to this man? Like, was there even anything that I remotely liked about this human being? I think the funniest and like weirdest experiences I've had have been the moments where there were people that I met in person and Mm -hmm. like hit it off with. And then like, became obsessed with or like started date, like fell in love mm-hmm. with, got my heart broken by whether it was like we were in a relationship or not, where I later saw them on a dating app and like, oh my God, I never in a million years would have matched with them on a dating app based on the pictures yeah. in their profile and what they were saying. Mm-hmm. And that happened to me on multiple occasions. And I was just like stopped dead in my tracks. I was like, oh my God, I cried. I've been crying over this person for months. Yeah. Like, yes. Wait a second. This person? Mm-hmm. What? And it's like, it's so funny to realize like how caught up we get in certain situations and how hard we are on ourselves when like some things just like they were never going to be something and that's mm-hmm. okay. And it's okay to like have experiences and have fun and, and catch feelings for people. But like, it's the, the world is not going to end mm-hmm. if it doesn't work out and it's going to not work out and not work out and not work out and not work out and not work out until it works out. Exactly. And I always think if I were to have actually dated him and we were to have actually had a relationship, 
what would that relationship be? Like, I just think back and I'm like, we have nothing in common. I don't want to go snowboarding with you. I don't want to do. And I just, I'm like, what would we even have as a relationship? So it's a really good thing. It didn't work out. But in that moment, like you said, I literally cried over this man all the time. And I look back now and I'm like, like, wait, is this the same human? Yeah. And like, like why, what was wrong with me for doing Yeah, Not not, not in like the sense of like the what's wrong with me that I've been saying throughout this episode, but like literally what's wrong with me for like, like doing this and feeling this way about this person. Exactly. (laughs) Um, Going into dating apps. One, what are your favorite dating apps and why? I know there's there's so many different ones and so many different reasons. And then also, do you have any kind of best first moves or any advice on moving off of the app and into a real date? Okay. Love these questions. Mm -hmm. I will say like favorite dating apps is hard because I'm going to weddings of people who met on Hinge and Bumble and Tinder and Coffee Meets mm-hmm. Bagel and all these dating apps. But Wait, I don't have what's Coffee Meets Bagel. Oh, Coffee Meets Bagel is an app where so their profiles are like are they really get into the nitty gritty of like who you are and what you're passionate about, what your values are, and I really like mm-hmm. that. But they, I believe, and maybe it's different now, but I believe they just give you one person a day, which oh I actually think is like so wonderful because mm-hmm. you don't get like swipe fatigue you don't right go through all these people and think like oh well like I'm just gonna swipe right on 100 people and see what happens like you're actually very intentional with the people mm-hmm. that you're swiping on and the profiles really are meant to like help get across like who you are which is very difficult to do on most dating apps because yeah. we're not all like content creators who can like write copy about ourselves <laughs> and put ourselves yeah um so that being said I don't know a single person in the last like six months who's actually met somebody off of a dating app. Like Mm -hmm. everybody is so dating app fatigued right now and like having bad experiences on dating apps. My friend who is very attractive and eligible and great and has a great profile, her most compatible the other day on Hinge was an elephant. Oh. Like literally like not saying this person was large. Like no, it was literally a person (laughs) whose profile was just pictures of elephants. So. Cool, cool, cool. That's, that's good. <laughs> Interesting. <laughs> An app that I highly recommend people check out. Uh, I do think it's only active in New York City and Boston right now. But if you are in either of those places or you know somebody in either of those places, Foreplay, F-O-U-R-P-L-A-Y. It is a double mm-hmm. dating app. So you and your friend make a joint profile Amazing. and you swipe on other teams. So like you're a team, mm-hmm. you swipe on other teams. And you both have to like swipe right on a team in order for it to be a match. And then you go on double dates with people and it takes the pressure off. It's so much more fun, especially going into the summer. And like you also get to meet double the people. So you might not even know which person you're interested in or who Mm -hmm. your friend wants until you get there. Or you might each like call dibs on a person and then realize like, oh no, actually like we like the other one better. Or it could just be like fun grabbing drinks with friends. Like, a friend and making new friends. So Mm -hmm. I think that's really cool. It's called foreplay. F-O-U-R-P-L-I-Y. Amazing. That is so fun. That's so fun. I wish I got to do that with my best friends when I was dating everyone. Cause it also, like you said, it gets rid of the anxiety. I get to go out with my best friend and meet other people. I actually met my boyfriend on Tinder, which is wild because that's not 
the app that you would think was like a relationship type app. And I literally already said I'm not a hookup person. So I don't know why I thought (laughs) that that was the app for me. But it was the middle of the pandemic. And it was the only way to meet people. But definitely, it wasn't an app where we were trying to get to know each other super on a deep level. I didn't even have a bio. I literally just put photos of myself and that's apparently what did it, which obviously oh he was God. very superficial at the beginning. Yeah, that brings up some other questions, but it worked out. Yeah, worked yeah out. it makes it a little, it makes it a little iffy at the beginning, but obviously then we got to know each other and all of that. But also do you have, um, going back to my other question, do you have any tips for kind of getting off the app and into a real yes. life date? Cause I know that's yeah. a really tough thing especially if you're the girl quote unquote a lot of the time we feel like the boy needs to ask us on a date or we're just uncomfortable to kind of get off the app yeah listen it's 2023 fuck gender standards Mm -hmm. like you do not have to wait around for him to make the move if anything like he is sick of making the move all the time and would be really impressed and think that you are awesome and bold and fun and great if you said like, hey, let's grab a drink. So mm-hmm. the one thing I would say is do not spend too long on the apps. You do not want to be like texting for like a week or three weeks. Like, no, you're not looking for a pen pal. You are trying to go on a date and see if mm-hmm. you are interested in this person, if they're interested in you. Otherwise, you're wasting your time because you could spend a month talking to somebody, romanticizing them, building up this idea mm-hmm. in your head about them, meet in person within the first five minutes. There is nothing there. And you're like, wow, that sucks. I think depending on the conversation, you know, I think a lot of conversations can get into being about like food or drinks because a lot of people include things like that in your profile. Once that gets there, be like, oh, actually like we should go grab a drink at this place. You're like, oh, I know the best Mezcal bar Mm -hmm. in the city or yeah, like, oh my God, my friend just told me about this rooftop bar that has the best espresso martinis. Like, let's check it out. When are Mm -hmm. you free next week? So Anything that like that where you can transition into an organic conversation about like, oh, we're talking about this food. We're talking about this drink. We're talking about this park. Let's go there. When are you free? Another Mm -hmm. great way to do it is if you're going back and forth asking questions about each other, just say, oh, oh my God, it's a much better story in person. Like, are you around next week to grab a drink? Mm -hmm. Easy. It's not rocket science. Mm -hmm. I love that. Is there a certain kind of timeline that you would think from when you first start talking to someone to when you should kind of have that first date and actually get to meet them in person? It's hard, especially during the summer. People travel Mm -hmm. a lot. But I would say like really try not to spend more than a few days talking on the app or texting before you try and make a plan and like get that plan in the books. Like we're mm-hmm. all busy. Yeah, sometimes it could be hard if you're if maybe you can't do something that week or next week and your plan is two weeks out. Fine. At least you have it on the calendar. You mm-hmm. also don't need to text the entire time leading up to it. I actually yeah. think you shouldn't. I mean, with Jake, my fiance, we made a plan on or he messaged me actually. It was it was during COVID and vaccines hadn't come out yet. And we matched, we talked for a few days, and then he asked if I could like grab dinner. And I responded to him. I'm like, this sounds fake. But like, I actually can't see you for six weeks because my roommates mm-hmm. and I are like going home and we decided like, we're not going to see anyone else so we can safely go see our parents, but right. I'll let you know when I'm in the clear. And he was like, okay, cool. Totally understand. He mm-hmm. thought he was never going to hear from me again. I didn't continue <laughs> the conversation because I didn't want to like have a pen pal for six weeks. Like what's the right. point of that? So I just we stopped talking. And six weeks later I texted him like, Hey, I'm in the clear, like for you next mm-hmm. week. And then we made our plan and and that was it. We didn't talk for a few days before our first date. 
and we got to the date and then we got to actually get to know each other and mm-hmm. have those like first intro basics conversation, see what we clicked on. It's so much better than all of the times that I spent weeks or months talking to somebody before mm-hmm. actually meeting them and then was so disappointed when things didn't work out or when we actually didn't click in person. So right. there's no specific like on the seventh day, you make your date plan for the 14th day and the, like, yeah. but just try and keep things moving. We're all busy. Mm-hmm. You gotta, you don't want to waste your time with somebody if it's not going to go anywhere. Agreed. So switching gears from dating apps, how could someone approach someone in public and say you're at a bar or you're at a park or doing some sort of summer activity and you see someone that you think is cute in public? How do you, one, build the confidence to go up and talk to them? Two, what would kind of be your opening combo starter? Because I know a lot of people get really, really nervous about that. So yes. Okay. I love this question. In terms of building the confidence to go up to someone, there's this Mm -hmm. quote that is like my favorite quote and I really try and live by. And it's randomly from the movie We Bought a Zoo, which is an amazing movie. Most people haven't (laughs) seen it or haven't heard of it. It's a wonderful, wholesome, tear-jerking movie. The quote (laughs) is, all it takes is 20 seconds of insane courage and I promise you something great will come of it. So if you are standing there and there is somebody you want to talk to or there's a phone call you have to make, a text you have to send, a thing you have to decide to do. All it takes is just like, okay, I can do this. Like 20 seconds mm-hmm. of in, of courage and mm-hmm. you do it. And then you have that opportunity for that thing to happen. Otherwise, guess what? If you don't go for it, there's no possibility of it happening. And yes, mm-hmm. going for it, it might not work out, but at least you tried and you put yourself out there and you'll be proud of yourself for doing that. Even if let's say the person is in a relationship or they're just not interested, you know, like it's still something really scary and hard that you did and that Mm -hmm. you can go home and say like, wow, I did that thing. And guess what? It'll be a little less scary next time. So just like talk to yourself, maybe even count to 10 in your head. Like, okay, Mm -hmm. when I get to 10, I'm going to do it. And then maybe surprise yourself and go on nine. Um, (laughs) I love this line that Lil Dicky shared on Call Her Daddy that he uses to approach people or he used in the past. And it's Mm -hmm. going up to somebody and saying, what's your availability to be hit on right now? I love it. Because listen, that first of all, it's like bold and fun. Mm -hmm. Second of all, it actually invites somebody to say like, oh, I'm in a relationship, but like, that's awesome. Or Mm -hmm. like, oh, like, yeah, like 10 out of 10, like let's yeah. do it. Like, or it's like on a scale of one to 10, what's your availability to be hit on right now? Mm-hmm. Um, or like, listen, I just got out of something. Like I appreciate it and on another day maybe, mm-hmm. but like not today, not feeling it. Or like, yeah, like my buddies and I are just here throwing out like, sorry, but thanks. <laughs> it opens up the opportunity for somebody to be like a yes or no. And it's just like a really cool line to say. Mm -hmm. it's really it shows your personality like it's funny like it's a funny way it's not super creepy I think that that's a lot of the reason that people get scared to approach someone is because you're like I don't want to come across as creepy or weird or any of that so I love that I always used to go up to someone and compliment them somehow and be like oh like love your shirt yeah. And just kind of like leave it something super chill. And if they're like, oh, thanks. And I'd be like, oh, hi. Like, I'm Brie. Nice to meet you. Like, whatever. Yeah. But just 
instead of going up and be like, hey, like, how are you? I'm like, that's kind of weird. A lot of the time they're a little put off because they're like, do I know you? Do I not? And that whole thing. People coming up to me and like me not knowing them because I'm horrible with faces and names. Like (laughs) some of my best friends from college, like it literally took me meeting them seven times for me to remember who they were. (laughs) And they just thought I was a bitch. And I wasn't. I just like there's something up here like I just can't get it in my head yeah Yeah, (laughs) like it has nothing to do with you yeah okay it's a me problem (laughs) I love that so you talked a little bit about your fiance and that you got engaged Mm -hmm. one how did you know that he was the person how did you know that this was kind of the end-all be-all it was definitely a combination of it made sense and it felt right so Mm -hmm. It made sense, not like, oh, yeah, the timing was right and I wanted somebody and he wanted somebody and we found each other, but we have so many shared values and a shared vision of what we want our lives to look like and things that like we grew up in in a very similar way where we understand each other and like we also like grew up in a very similar place and like mm-hmm. ha- kind of lived semi-parallel lives. So like we just very much understood each other on a fundamental like deep level. And then there were like we had these goals for ourselves and for like what we wanted in the future, our family, like where we want to live, like just what we want our lives to look like. Like if we had to paint a picture, our pictures were very similar. Mm-hmm. And so that's what I mean by like it made sense. Mm-hmm. But it also felt right. Like from the beginning, you know, I had so much anxiety with every single other person I dated and with him, I felt at ease. I felt calm. I felt comfortable. Mm-hmm. I felt safe. And that allowed me to like fall in love with him, to feel more comfortable opening up and really just being myself and knowing that this is somebody who accepts me for who I am. And that was like the biggest thing for me, like how safe and, and comfortable I felt with him because I really hadn't felt that way before. And so I think for the two of us, it's, and we've talked about this before, it's, it's not just that it felt right, but there were all these things that like we were misaligned mm-hmm. on. It's not just that it made sense, but like feelings, schmealings, whatever. It, it was really right. a combination of the two and the fact that we both were at a time in our lives where we did want to make that next step. We did want to mm-hmm. find somebody. And we always say like, had we met six months earlier, we don't know if it would have worked because there was still shit we needed to work out. Like we were both right. six months earlier in jobs where one, he was traveling for work. He was never in the same place. So he couldn't prioritize a relationship. And I was working at a job where I felt really depressed and I was pretty miserable. Mm-hmm. And all I could think about or focus on was how upset I was in that job. And so it, I think like really the stars aligned in terms of like the place and time we met at in our lives where we both did want the same thing at that moment. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh my gosh. I love that. I love that so much. I think one of the biggest things when it comes to dating, like you mentioned, is trusting your gut and your gut feelings. Because when I used to date other people, I would always have that anxiety. I would always have the anxiety of, are they going to text me? Do they like me? What's happening? What is our relationship? And I would constantly feel this anxious energy. And I thought that it was just because I liked them. And I thought that this is just kind of how dating was. But when I started dating Dean, I even said to my mom that I just felt so calm. I felt so calm. I never had to second guess anything. I never had to question anything. And that was so wild to me because I've never experienced that before. But I love that that's kind of how you felt too. 
Yeah. I, I'm so glad that you said that. And, and I'm so glad that you got to experience that and, and that that's kind of what helped you realize like, okay, this is, this is right. <laughs> because there are so many times where like we meet people and we are head over heels for them, but we are just balls of anxiety and we right. become like a shell of who we are because of how anxious we are. But we mm-hmm. think that that anxiety is like, we justify it like, well, it's because I care. It's because I want it to work out so badly. It's because I like them so much and I need this right. to happen because we're meant for each other. If you start dating somebody and you are feeling more anxious than you were before you met them, they mm-hmm. are not the right person. It should not feel like that. It does not have to be painful. And I know people are like, Alana, but like relationships are hard. Love is hard. Life is hard. Mm-hmm. You have to fight for what you want. Yes, life is really fucking hard and things get difficult. But at the beginning, especially at the beginning, mm-hmm. it should be easy. And if it's not, it's not it. I agree. I totally agree. So I saw on, I think, Insta that you posted that you actually knew your engage- engagement was going to happen. You had a little little inklings that it was going to happen and you basically pieced it together. But then you also said that you were really glad that you knew. So kind of talk us through what clues did you have? How did you know that this was going to happen? And then why were you happy that you found out? Yeah, I'll start by saying I did not want to know. I wanted (laughs) to be surprised. Mm -hmm. However, you know, we had conversations about our timeline. We knew we wanted to be like dating for like two years before it happened and like living together right. for like at least six months. So we had talked about that. Um, so I was never going to be like, oh my God, I had no idea in the mm-hmm. world. Like, no, we talked about it. Over Thanksgiving, um, I was going to be with my parents in where they live in Florida and he like a conversation about engagement rings came up and um, the conclusion of that conversation was when I'm in Florida, I should go mm-hmm. look at rings with my mom. So mm-hmm. I did. So a few weeks after Thanksgiving and I, and I had asked him, I was like, should I be like going at the beginning of the trip or at the end or does it matter? And, Cause we yeah. were about to go to Hawaii for like a seven mm-hmm. day trip, like just the two of us. And so I was like, maybe he's like in a rush to get it for Hawaii. And he, he told me to go at the beginning of the trip. So I'm like, Oh my God, okay. maybe it's happening in Hawaii. <laughs> yeah. So we go, we go to Hawaii and there was one night where I really thought it was going to happen. And then he asked me what shirt he should wear. And the, options were both Hawaiian shirts. And I was like, okay, definitely not happening. <laughs> um, we get back from Hawaii. He has one day before he starts a new job. And you know, when you go into like a big building and they like take your picture and like scan your ID and give you like a badge. Yeah. So he left the house, the apartment for his first day of his new job. And he accidentally left out the badge from going to the jeweler the day before. So I knew, okay, he just, he went to the jeweler. So mm-hmm. this process has begun. I don't know where in the process we are, but I know there is a ring being made yeah. or is made. Maybe it's here. Maybe it's not. Um, fast forward. That was still like a few months before it ended up happening. But, you know, along the way, my mom mentioned that I should get a gel manicure the next time I come to Florida. And his parents are also in Florida for the winter. So I was like, mm-hmm. oh, maybe like I'm already planning on going. Maybe he's like coming and surprising me because it'd be easier for us to just go down there when our family's right. already there versus all of them flying up. And so I thought, okay, it's happening when I go to Florida. I know exactly when. And mm-hmm. then he asked me a few weeks later, like, oh, the night before you leave in two weeks, like let's spend the, that Monday night together and like get dinner and watch The Bachelor. And I'm like, well, how do you know that you're going to get off of work in time to watch The Bachelor? Also, mm-hmm. we never actually watch The Bachelor on Monday nights. Also, why are you reserving 
Bachelor Monday two weeks in advance. So I'm like, okay, I get it. He's doing it here. And then he's coming with me to Florida the next day to celebrate with our families. And then a week before he was like, I made, I got us a reservation at this restaurant that we've been trying to go to. Um, and he said the name of the restaurant and he said like some, one of his old coworkers like had a connection, was hooking us up. So I'm like, okay, mm-hmm. here's the nice restaurant that gets me into the nice <laughs> outfit. And yeah. guess what? That restaurant is a few blocks past our favorite place, which is where we had our first date and we go for mm-hmm. like our anniversary and special occasions. So he's getting me in the nice outfit and we have to pass quality eats where we had our first date. And that is where he is going to propose. And then I found out that our dinner reservation was at 530. I'm like, yep, he's doing it when it's still light out. Okay. So I really just put the pieces together. And yeah. to the point where like I got, I picked out the outfit. I was doing like face mm-hmm. masks every night, like going up to it. And it was just so exciting. And then there were other times where I thought it was going to happen. And you know what? Every time it didn't happen, I wasn't like disappointed or bummed. I was just like, cool. Like the best moment of my life. I still have to look forward to. Exactly. Um, but yeah, I did figure it out. And it was very funny because he he said that the morning of it, when he woke up, he knew that I knew. And we, like, getting ready for that dinner, we've mm-hmm. never spoken less. Like, we couldn't speak to each other because, like, we both didn't, didn't know, know what, what to say. <laughs> and, like, oh walking there, it was so funny. Yeah. Like, the small talk that we were trying to have, it was just, like, mm-hmm. hilarious because we both knew. And, like, he could tell that I knew because I yeah. guess I was acting weird. But it was funny and it, it was so perfect. Oh my God. Was he nervous? Was he super nervous to do it? He was definitely nervous. I think he was nervous about like what he was going to say. And just like having it all go well. Like he knew I wanted like pick, like he had a photographer there, but he knew I like also would have wanted videos. Like my brother Mm -hmm. was hiding and like filming, but he like wanted that to go well and like nobody to ruin it. Like, I don't know, but um, it was perfect. Have you guys started wedding planning yet? Is that something that you have started. Do you also have any kind of requirements for your wedding? Like, do you want no kids? Do you want certain foods? What are your thoughts on that? We started wedding planning. Um, Mm -hmm. Clear warning to all. Nobody actually warns you about how stressful it is. Oh my God, I bet. Incredibly stressful. Um, (laughs) Clear warning to anybody who may be getting engaged at any point in the next few years. Do not talk about wedding planning for at least like two weeks. Enjoy being engaged don't mm-hmm. get eager. Don't dive in. Don't bring up numbers. Don't bring up place or time or budget or anything. I promise. <laughs> because I did. And I had been warned before. And I was like, yeah, it's fine. I'm excited. I want to yeah. talk about it. No. It immediately takes like the sparkle and the joy and like that cloud nine feeling away. Do not do mm-hmm. it for like two weeks. So let yourself enjoy being engaged. Um, my only, I don't have any like non-negotiables. My only thing that I kind of went into the process with was that it's likely going to rain on my wedding day. Is it? I don't know, but I have to have the mindset that it is Mm -hmm. because I can't pick a venue where everything is about the outside. And if it rains, I will be crushed and heartbroken. And I've seen that happen and Mm -hmm. I can't control the weather. So I don't want to spend over a year and all of this money and all of this time planning something for an outside wedding where it rains on that day and I am crushed. Mm -hmm. So I went into it knowing that I needed to find a venue where I liked the inside option just as much as the outside option. And that was Mm -hmm. my only thing. And we did, and we couldn't be happier. Oh my God. Good. That's actually really, really good advice because I wouldn't have really even thought about that. I would have kind of 
thought in my head, this is a later issue. I'll deal with it like the week before. The week before my wedding, you do not want to deal with that. You do not want the stress. You do not want any of that. So that's really good advice. There were places that we looked at that had the most beautiful like ceremony location I've ever seen in my life, but I Mm -hmm. didn't like the inside option. And I'm like, I can't like, I just can't risk it because it is fully 1000% out of my control. Exactly. Exactly. It's not even something you can pre-plan. You have no idea. Nope. But going into our last question, do you have any advice for making a relationship last, especially as we grow and we get older and we kind of go through different phases of our lives? Anything to kind of keep people together and to kind of like change together, I guess. Every single relationship issue, dating issue, complication, problem, tension point comes back to a communication. Mm -hmm. And more often than not, it's a lack of communication where you're making assumptions. You're assuming that this person knows exactly how you feel. You're assuming they can read your mind and know what you need. You're assuming that you know what they need. You have to communicate with each other because if you don't, things are going to get swept under the rug. You're like, oh, we'll cross that bridge when we get there. Like Things get bottled up. Feelings of resentment grow. And that's when it's already almost too late to solve that Mm -hmm. thing where maybe it could have been solved so right from the get-go, like immediately. Mm-hmm. Like people get really stressed about moving in together. It's a huge transition. All of my married friends I've talked to say moving in together is actually the bigger transition than getting married. That's mm-hmm. when you're really joining your lives versus just like signing a contract and having a party. There are some right. people who are fiercely independent, who have lived alone, who are nervous about moving in together because they know they need their alone time. Guess what? Your partner might not realize how alone, how important your alone time is to you unless mm-hmm. you tell them. So all it takes is saying like, I love you every Wednesday night or we can talk about it on a weekly basis and figure it out. But like mm-hmm. I cherish my alone time so much. It's not that I don't want to be with you. It's that I just want to be with me. So like let's figure out a night where like you can go hang out with the boys or play basketball or do this, that or the other thing. So I can just like have my me time because it's really important to me. That's mm-hmm. all it takes. They're not going to take offense to it. They want you to be happy. They want you to have what you need, but you need to tell them. And maybe they also want a night alone. And so you'll plan Mm -hmm. like on Sundays, you leave for a few hours. On Wednesdays, they leave for a few hours. Like it is a partnership. It takes so much communication. It does take work, but it takes approaching each issue together as partners versus you versus them. It's Mm -hmm. not like I need to win this fight. It's you two versus the fight or you two versus the problem. I love that. I love that so much. That's what my parents have always told me growing up is that it's always you against the problem and it's never you against the other person. And I think that that's why they've had such an amazing relationship for me to look up to. So I love that you said that too. But thank you so much for coming on to the podcast. Before we finish, do you want to let everyone know where to find you, where to listen to your podcast, where to follow your Insta, all of that? Thank you so much for having me. This was such a blast. Excited to do it on Seeing Other People as well. Mm -hmm. You can listen to Seeing Other People wherever you listen to podcasts. You can follow along at Seeing Other People on Instagram. And I'm at Alana Dunn on TikTok. Thank you so much to Alana for coming on today's episode. I loved getting to hear her advice and her tips, and I hope you guys did too. If you love the episode, please be sure to share it on your stories, send it to everyone, rate it, review it. Send me a message. Let me know what you thought about the episode, if you love having guests on the pod, or if you like the solo apps better. Thank you guys so much for listening. I love you, and I will catch you in the next one. Bye.
Hey there, my name is Renee Rena, and I am the mom friend you have always wanted. I am also the host of the Mom Room podcast. We publish two episodes per week, a co-hosted episode on Tuesdays and a solo episode on Thursdays. Popular topics include pooping and having sex after giving birth. I have a solo episode where I talk about not sharing a bed with my husband and why that's okay. I hope you'll tune in to these conversations every week. Join us on Instagram at the mom room podcast and start to feel a little less alone in this crazy thing called motherhood.